Hey guys, you're listening to Model Talk. <laughs> Hi guys, we're back. <laughs> oh, we're back with the really awkward intros. It's been a minute. I don't know why I was so. Anyways, this is Nicole Nance and Devin Blackerby. And um, we are back, like I said, we are doing a kind of like a reboot season, mm-hmm. a refresh. Um, because things got kind of jumbled up thanks to 2020. Yeah, it's, you know, everyone knows it's been a rough one. <laughs> I think that is felt by everybody. And so it's nice to be back. Um, we have some things to follow up on from last mm-hmm. season, um, like an interview that we've been waiting, waiting, trying to put out. But now um, we're going to do this season to kind of, catch everybody back up and obviously get myself back into the habit of recording. <laughs> anyway. We both we both fell off it for a little. It's okay. I think all in all 2020 um one good thing was a bit of a, a break so from mm-hmm. everything in general. Mm-hmm. But it's a new year. So far so good. Um you know comparatively I guess uh yeah I guess it's getting better mm-hmm. but you know so we still got a, a hot minute for Not stuff anything yeah yeah I don't yeah, yeah. so for today's <laughs> episode um we just kind of pre- both kind of prepared like a little bit of just fun stuff some of our obsessions um obviously some modeling modeling stuff but as always you guys can reach out through instagram at model talk podcast pdx mm-hmm. so if you have any ideas our new posting schedule is going to be bi-weekly bi-monthly so, twice a month yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> um keep an eye out for that and yeah let's just get started so i stop rambling mm-hmm Okay. Uh, well, obviously, the future of modeling is very uncertain right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen people get creative with the photo shoots. I know the last photo shoot I did was in September. When was your last one that you did? Um, I did one uh, last Thursday. Oh, okay. I've kind of started getting back in the swing of things. Um, people are starting to reach out again. I feel like more confident in starting a plan for 2021. So Mm. I'm underway with that, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, I know that people are now from Nicole and like a couple other friends I've seen are starting to like play with the idea of shooting again or it's shooting in their home or getting like creative with it. Um, shows, at least in our area, are still still very much on a standstill. And even with, like, New York Fashion Week, uh, you saw a lot of people either do, like, video broadcast shows or they did heavy social distancing shows where all the models, like, wore a mask and were outside, like Christian Siriano. Um, Limited audience. Yeah, super small audience. I have seen things... Um, saying that Paris Fashion Week for spring is still happening this February. Um, but I don't really know what's rumors and if the, if it's just going to be kind of a similar situation as 
uh, New York Fashion Week was last year. Yeah, I feel like it will be for now because, like, it should be. It's in February. Like, yeah, it seems like the trend is has either been okay. We'll have a limited audience. We'll space everybody out, and all the models are gonna gonna wear a mask as a form of like a statement. So we're making like a mask with an outfit, or we'll have like a full video audience, and the models don't have to wear a mask. That seems to be what they've the two things that I've seen the most in terms of like runways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um. I don't know. I'm, I'm still really hopeful for everything. I'm really excited. I mm-hmm. think it'll be a really cool time to stay in the industry because I see a lot of um, brands and stuff getting back to fashion the way that it was kind of before e-commerce became this now, 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 before seasons like weren't even a thing and it was just constantly pumping out new designs. So yeah. I um, am taking big steps this year, and I will be bi-coastal, so semi-permanently out in New York, which I'm really excited for, and Mm -hmm. the more that unfolds, I'll keep sharing more information about it, but I decided, for me, I feel like it's the year to take a very serious leap, Mm so hopefully I'm not making a bad decision, but I mean... It'll be fun regardless. So that's how I'm feeling about it. But I also see a lot of people have found kind of other stronger passions given the opportunity to kind of step back. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would agree. Like, uh, I think uh, as we talked about, like earlier in the pandemic, a lot of models couldn't even like qualify for unemployment or like certain states would only let them qualify for unemployment, specifically in the U.S. So I know that made a lot of people have to shift focus um, mm-hmm. here in our region specifically. I know that we there was still a couple shows that happened that Nicole and I knew about that were um, like the designers recorded their runways on their own and then would send them into the show to compile and then that whole video collection was sent out to people who ever bought like a ticket to the show um that was hard because there were a couple I was supposed to be involved in and then it was really difficult to get everybody together to do it and then one one that we filmed but um it didn't end up you know it was a little bit shaky I think so it really wasn't overall usable um because the situation, you know, you kind of have to work quickly. And um, so. Yeah, Nicole and I were both supposed to walk in a designer show and the the group of us could not find a good time for everyone to meet up and a good shooting location and a good lighting setup and oh. all of this stuff. So I don't it think it actually change. ended up happening. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, let's face it, that's fashion, COVID or not COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to figure out how to integrate this new system of doing... Coordinating people is fun. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, fashion people are notoriously bad to coordinate, but yeah. Hurting cats, you know. It it very much is. <laughs> and that has not changed with COVID. You'd think it'd get better. It, it really didn't. <laughs> I'm still really hopeful, though. I'm excited, you know, to spend a quarter of the year in New York. I'm excited to see 
what's new here in Portland. I'm excited to, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to get back in events and kind of see who is still. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I have outfits ready. I'm just. I mean, I do too. I think, I think I'm just jonesing to like go outside. I think I'm jonesing to go somewhere that's not work related because, because I've still been working during this because I work in retail. So we've been open still. So like at work, I will like plan really cute outfits and stuff. And then I'm like, I just want to go out to like any event ever, like any, anything ever where I can actually like dress up again. And I just want to like, I'll wear a mask. I don't care. Like I'll coordinate yeah. a mask. Like I just want that to happen again. Like I just want, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like modeling has been something that there's been a couple times where I've debated on like doing a more heavy step back and potentially, I guess, retiring Mm-hmm. Um, because of personal stuff or just being an old woman in the industry and like if this not about yourself and what am I but like it's experience it's not like age wise it's just like I feel like I've lived through a lot of shifts in it which is good because I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of big shifts but there's a certain point where I feel like you get to the point in your brain where you're like I'm just tired even though you're not t- like mm-hmm. the age of like being tired you're just like I've done it like I've done my thing um I mean I think it depends on the person but I definitely get it yeah Yeah. there's been moments where I've debated on that a couple times in our field um and I think I always was planning a step back once I got more settled into like a career path the problem is right now is like that career path is very difficult because I chose a career in fashion even not as a model and that has been very Uh, as we've talked about, unstable. So it's been very interesting also on the retail side to see what's happened. And I, Nicole and I actually went and like went out to get food the other day. Uh, So nice out. Like, yeah, it was really like, that was nice. We we did a social distance brunch. It was very nice. (laughs) It was super nice. They had like a really great outdoor area. And like I said, it was like sunny and, Mm But we've talked about kind of what she talked about before that, like, I, there are still brands that I knew of that really heavily focused on their fall and their spring collections, but some would occasionally put out one or two other ones, uh, during the year. And there was some that obviously put one out almost like every, every two months. And I agree with her that it's going to be very interesting and I think cool to have it go back to like more heavy focus on your spring and your fall season and then if you want to put out one in the middle sure but like I think people are going back to the two seasons a year which one is more sustainable which is good Mm -hmm. and two I think there's more effort put into those seasons and I think it'll be an interesting shift because like as someone who's worked in retail the buying patterns of people have changed heavily just as a, to have a retail nerd moment and the fashion focus, I would say too, also from a modeling perspective, because actually I was talking to my mom about this the other day. It's weird to see an ad now that you maybe, unless you know, it was an ad that was recorded pre COVID, right? Like um, an example is perfume ads. Those, they like, they'll just re up the contracts with the model and they'll reuse them a lot. Right. Like those could have been shot like three years ago, but they'll still use it. Cause like, they don't want to change the direction of it and they're fine repaying the fees of the agency and the model to like 
use her image for another year, right? So that stuff we all know has been recorded a year, many years ago, potentially. But, like, it's interesting to see ads right now that have been clearly recorded in COVID um, and without people wearing a mask because it's almost weirdly, like, taboo. Unless, Unless you see, like... Like, the first ad that I think of is, like, there's this AT&T ad where they're clearly all standing, like, heavily socially distanced apart, and they're not wearing masks, and there's, like, a little blurb that runs across the bottom of the screen that's, like, this was filmed with heavily social distancing and very safe. So it's, like, unless you see something like that, it's weirdly taboo to see someone in a new ad without a mask on, and I think that's, like... I would say that's most of the population's feel. There's a lot of people that obviously are tired of the masks. They want to be done with it. And, you know, I understand that feeling. But mm-hmm. it's also changed, like, advertising a lot. So mm-hmm. I almost would wonder if, like, that's going to continue in terms of us. Like, if we one of us ended up shooting, like, a video campaign, you know, or something like like that. If you end up getting on something, it's like, do they have to run a blurb across saying, like, Oh, this was filmed with like heavy social distancing or stuff. Or like, um, we both love Coco Rocha. She did a recent video on her Instagram of shooting a Vogue cover in the pandemic and like the behind the scenes of everybody wearing a mask except her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like, I feel like in photography, it's been accepted like they're not wearing a mask because it's almost assumed that everyone else involved is wearing a mask. But with like advertisement or film, it's like, wait. Was everyone else wearing a mask? Did you wear a mask? It's like this weird shift. There's one big thing that's different now, um, especially when you're looking at like bigger advertisers or Vogue. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would bet that Coco Rocha had a COVID test within a few days of that shoot. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. they're not few and far between anymore. You know, like I think was it you telling me the other day that you've had like a few now? Me. Was that you? Maybe. I have I have not, but I my um my boy, my boyfriend has because they he lives in tight quarters with people, so he has had like three now. Three yeah. times. So I think that's kind of making a difference. I don't know this to be true, but um she also did just have a new baby. So I, I'm a, I'm sure she's being I'm you know. It seems like especially in New York, I don't know where it was shot, but um, what I, I it was see, New York, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. What I see in New York is like a lot of um testing around everything and all of the people, you know. Yeah, oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, I know there's a photographer that we both have worked with who's like since kind of stepped back a little, but they would tell me that like pre us shooting because we shot together in September, um. He had had like three or four tests at that point because he was doing them just on a like a um how do I say this a better safe than sorry basis because he was still actively working during the pandemic and it would just be him and a model but he would do that just for his own like peace of mind when he could get tests so I know a lot of people who just invested into it to keep up with their craft which um it's sad but that makes sense at the time that we're all living in so yeah yeah. Well, what are some things that you've been like obsessed with? Yeah. Um, ooh, okay. I finally started the most recent season of Great British Bake Off that was shot during the pandemic, which is very interesting how they've talked about it. Like, I'm only in the first couple episodes, but 
they talked about how all of them had to get like tested and like do a hard quarantine. They're all basically living together in this little village they created for them, which I think is very interesting. Like they could go home. Yeah. So, so uh, they uh, they basically have like sequestered them fully, which normally that show they can go home every week, and uh, then they come back on like the weekends. Um, so that's been very interesting. What else? I've oh I've taken a deep dive into the anime world. and uh you know i'm just stuck here now (laughs) but it's still good um what else uh oh the new season of the crown came out it's on my watch list i need to i need to do it and also i've gotten i've like refound my love for like spooky shows like ghost adventures uh even though they still heavily freak it's like you, we're both true crime people. So, yeah. Nicole, we'll totally get this. It's like, we're very intrigued by that stuff. Like, I like watching Ghost Hunters because it's, like, fascinating and it's cool. And some of the evidence I think they get is, like, genuinely real and not, like, heavily staged and, you know, all this crap. But then there's also moments where, like, them getting that very seemingly real evidence also will scare you to hell because it's like oh my god that's real like it's it's like this weird dichotomy of like watching it where i'm like i want to watch more but now i don't want to leave my room but i want to watch more but now i'm not leaving the space that i'm in because i'm worried that there's a ghost in my house like you know what i mean (laughs) i wish that there was like more i don't know stuff all those shows take place in pennsylvania too and i'm always like i need to go but the with the true crime like i'm obsessed with watching that and there's night stalker on netflix and i cannot bring myself to watch it okay (laughs) it's really i need to add it to my watch list because did you actually this is good a good um not obsession but recommendation so i have hbo through hulu i don't know what the diff frankly maybe someone will tell us this and i'll feel like stupid but like i know their hbo right now is promoting like hbo now i really don't know what the difference is um but Uh, honestly i don't know for sure i do have hbo now i think it came with like my phone at&t service or whatever but um on hbo now you're able to throughout the year watch all of the marvel Marvel um all of the Warner Brother movies that were supposed to come out in theaters like oh so you, just get, you just get the releases early I guess if you get HBO no, like you get it when they were supposed to come out in theaters for free so oh okay 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 you didn't have to pay for it because I have HBO so you sure. know one or another but well I have the HBO extension through Hulu and I saw an ad on my Hulu for uh it's a documentary called the vow and i think it's supposed to be all about the heaven's gate cult or yeah lexus nexus like that cult one of the big cults that can't remember the name off the top of my head but it was supposed to be like behind the scenes like someone they snuck a camera in and shot it and i like have seen it and want to put it on my watch list because i want to watch it because it looks so good i've them all and they're all fascinating. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, HBO actually has a lot of good true crime stuff if anyone wants to take a deep dive one day. Yeah. Or I would highly recommend on Netflix the Scientology special with um, Leah Remini. Yeah. Her show is also on Hulu. The um, Uncovering. Because it's like four seasons in. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Not Netflix. There's too many. There is. Well, <laughs> I have been really into, I have four. 
Okay. First off, I got both of Chrissy Teigen's cookbooks, Craving, Craving for More. They are so good. Like, yeah. I've made her mac and cheese. I've made, oh my gosh, I'm blanking now. But everything I've made has been delicious, and there's so many different things. I would highly recommend it. Nice. And she'll make really specific. Oh my god. So. I am kind of grossed out by craft singles, you know, like the American cheese. Oh, because it's plastic? <laughs> yeah, they really, you know. But Chrissy Teigen said that you need to use 16 of them in your mac and cheese. And I was like, I don't know if I can. But I did it. And it was really good. Oh, no. So if anybody has any suggestions for cheese that tastes really similar to that, that isn't that, um tell me honestly whole foods always has good cheese that's like very flavorful so even like they're just deli sliced stuff like yeah i bet you somewhere there's like a cheese place that gives samples and i could find anyways if someone knows let me know so i would recommend those for sure like one of my new mottos for 2021 is what would chrissy teigen do i mean she is an icon and a legend so you know she's just so bold i love her Mm mm-hmm Anyways, um, I got hired at a yoga studio to teach. Woohoo! Doing that. Um, okay, two, one Instagram and one podcast. That has been um, two sources that I have gone to a lot recently. Diet Prada is the Instagram. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody does, but they are just, in my opinion, the best source to actually know what's going on like so for example I wrote down a little bit about what's happening with Alexander Wang fashion labeled the designer um and all of the sexual abuse and there's a lot on there on diet Prada about what's going on with it Mm -hmm. fashion is avoiding the me too movement um there was a post that they did on January 11th so if you scroll back a little bit on their Instagram, you'll be able to find it that I don't even, I don't want to read it to you because I'll like read it wrong or something, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's very long. Well, not very long. It's like four slides. Find that post if you're interested in um, hearing more about it. But aside from that, they're also really funny. Um, I've seen some of the best memes with Bernie Sanders with his arms crossed with the mittens where people are putting him in random places um oh yeah and I think one of my favorite things to come across on there is they'll call out brands for ripping off other brands and specifically big brands for ripping off independent brands and this goes this has gone on forever but it's really nice to have somebody just be like hey look this is something you might have had to search for news wise but so yeah podcast on the topic going back True crime, truly darkly creepy. Ooh, one I have been listening to, and it's it's two women, and um, they're both <laughs> they're theater people, but they're not they're. I say they're theater people in a way of of like they have some nerd talk to them, which is fun. So Love they're creepy and weird. Um, but like one of them, Quinn, she's a mom of two, and she's probably one of the funniest people I've heard like on a podcast in terms of just being like blunt. But I, 
it's really good. I highly recommend it. They play off of each other well. And it, they just, you know, I mean, it's similar to a lot of different formats, but they kind of tell each other true crime stories. They include um, a lot more ghost stories as well as just like maybe some UFO stories. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they do a pretty good job covering things. Nice. So if you're looking for some new voices, like I don't, I don't want to sit here and compare them to my favorite murder because they're similar formats, but like, I don't know. Different personalities. Yeah. Different personalities, different perspectives, different stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But to me, it's similar. Like I like just having them on, listening to them Mm -hmm. and, you know, (laughs) COVID. but yeah, so that's really good. And I recommend that. Yeah, I've been getting back into the lap. I like, I feel like I lapsed on my podcast listening because I was just like, I just couldn't. And now my brain's like, okay, we need to listen to people again. We're done with music for a little. So yesterday I started listening to the last podcast on the left again, which is always a highly recommended. They do such good research on their topics. They just started a, um, hold on, let me pull it up. They do like three, four parters on like people which I think is they just started John List. So they just put out part one of John List, which is a he was a family annihilator, a very famous one. And actually, I think the original like one that was studied. And so they used him to study off of a lot of um, ones that would come later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but they do like three, four part series on like serial killers, criminals, even cult leaders. Like it's very in-depth research and like also very funny because the three of them are all like comedians and like hilarious people so it's not just like this dark seriousness there's a lot of like humor to it as well which is great so that's good yeah but they're on spotify nice so anybody out there that's looking for (sighs) new stuff yeah we have your entertainment (laughs) yep no need to look any further um yeah i it's been really weird not shooting a lot um i miss it i miss it it's you it's definitely making me want to be more intentional and thoughtful of like who i'm working with when and um like making sure i'm putting everything into each shoot yes that's a goal Mm -hmm. One thing I've noticed kind of like recently with uh, the fashion industry, just in general, is social media is kind of getting a lot more real um, because, I mean, there's been so long where everybody's just kind of had to make their own content, whether it's been massive designer houses all the way down to, you know, young new models. And and we see a lot of models going to influencers, but not, not to me in a negative way i know that there there's some people have negative connotations about it but i think that these models that are transitioning into that world are actually bringing kind of a a a different level to it i think that's more like awareness to the job like i've seen a lot of like ig videos of models like describing their day and like what they do and all this stuff and i'm like yeah you're kind of just making it more real which i appreciate it's like a little bit destigmatizing which i think is nice um i think there's been a lot more confidence in showing themselves without any makeup makeup. yeah it's like showing them as a real person which is great 
which I like a lot. And I, I like, um, I always think it's fun to see, I don't know, it's nice seeing personalities. That's, I say this a lot, but 90 supermodels is like, that's been, that was the time that I, I loved. Like looking back on, they all had personality and it was when supermodels started to become a little bit demystified because we had like more access to them. And so it's fun to kind of see that become a little bit more pure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a new version of it. it the yeah. the the 2020s version. <laughs> and I like it. I um definitely don't want to go the acting route. Um me neither. I'm not so- into it. But um I think it's Actually, but like so do you want to know something hilarious? So uh what with Oh, well, I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna hear it anyway. <laughs> so I've signed up for obviously like castings right through my agency, and like um, the uh, like they put me on like a direct casting network. So sometimes I get like calls yeah. for for films or like TV shows, and lately it's been a lot of reality shows that are casting, and but they'll still come across. And I just want to read you the title of some of these because, oh man, they're they're interesting. <laughs> um, what was what I got yesterday? Uh, it was like, are you recently divorced? Do you need to like, um, they're so funny. Let me, I'm, let's see if I could find one. Uh, get to my correct email. But like, if you just want some fun. Oh, here, here, here. This is one that popped up on my screen yesterday. Okay, uh, casting friend to your casting notice. I'm marrying an inmate. Reality TV show. <laughs> hey, there's a niche for everything, I guess. You know, yeah, what's the Have you gone for any of them? I know you probably can't say if you've been called back or whatever, but... No, because, no. Here's another one. I'm secretly gay and in love. These are reality shows that are being filmed right now. <laughs> No, because none of them have been like something I think I'd be comfortable with. One and or two would fit the profile because they're very specific. Like, I'm this is another one. Uh married but dating someone else. Reality TV non-union. What is what is happening to this world? I'm very concerned. <laughs> and it's interesting that it's all coming to Portland now. Well, I don't I think it's just for the general Pacific Northwest or um, the West Coast. So sometimes they're clearly like California castings that I can't do. But I think it's just because I'm like or they'll cast in this zone because they just need they're looking for people kind of anywhere. But they're so man, some of these titles are so funny. Like I can't I can't (laughs) it's uh, they're just great. And I don't know how else to say it, but I see them pop up at work occasionally, and they're very funny. So, uh, yeah. What comes your way that you fit and would feel comfortable with? Because I'd be interested to hear how the reality castings would go. I've seen a few of those back when I was getting the acting emails and um, still considering it, but I... I think the ones that I saw, it was fewer and farther between. It sounds like there's a lot more happening now. And all of them, the one, okay. I was trying to remember the one I saw a lot. Have you ever been bitten by like a poisonous snake or an exotic animal? 
that one um, I saw pop up a lot. And if you're not seeing that one, then I wonder if it's cast and if we're going to see a reality show about that. Yeah, um, I have not seen that one. I mean, that I mean, th- that was last year, early last year. That's hilarious. Well, no, there was one at one point I saw for like the American version of Love Island. This was many months ago. And mm-hmm. I was like. Uh, maybe, but also like here, my thing is like we've talked about this with like America's Next Top Model. The problem with those shows is like um, you go on them and yes, they can be a good opportunity to launch your career in some aspects. But if you're in any form of an asshole on them, you just publicly showed the world that you're an asshole. And like it kind of also ruins your image in a way. So it's like uh, they're going to spin you to be whatever character they need you to be. Exactly. And but you willingly sign up for that. So that's why I don't think I would ever do reality TV, because like being honest with you as a blunt person Mm -hmm. And you know me, we're friends. I can come off very harsh sometimes. And so I think I would instantly be spun as like the bitchy villain person. And that's not what I want. (laughs) So um, now that you have one of the best resting bitch faces around, but you're one of like the most genuine people I've ever met. So they would totally want to make you out to be an asshole, something that you're not. When in reality, I feel like you're just like, no, but I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) Uh, so I don't think I ever do it. Yeah. Um, also, they seem to be very specific now, according to the last three castings I just read you. They're very, they're looking for the real, real specific people, which I don't really fit any of them. <laughs> do you do like a modeling one if that came through with some like reasonable, you know, if it sounded reasonable? Yeah, I think I, I mean, for a while when I was like early in my modeling career, maybe like four years in three to four, like the first couple of years, I've heavily debated because that was still when America's Next Top Model, in my opinion, was in like its peak heyday of like doing well and actually would help your career heavily and not just make you a social media influencer like I feel like it does now. Mm-hmm. Um so I heavily debated on auditioning for that show with an agency because you can still do that because um, I knew a couple girls on like, I don't know, when I still watch seasons that would audition with an agency and it almost like helps their credibility a little to be like, yeah, I'm a working model. Like I, I've yeah. worked with a few past contestants here in Portland. Yeah, we've had a couple here. I, I do remember that. Um, so I heavily debated on it at one point, but I don't... I. But at the time, I was still in high school because I think you had to be 18. I can't remember if they let 16 on. I think you had to be 18. Probably since you had to, like, live in a house and everything. Yeah, I think you had to be 18. But then I think at one point they moved it up to 21 because a lot of the times they'd be like, we're going to go out to a cocktail bar and have drinks with, with designers. And you'd be like, well, I can't drink. I'm 18. So I think they moved it up to 21 at one point. But I was, it was still under 18 from what I remember. That could be totally wrong. Um, I think I debated on doing it, like, if I, once I was, like, 18 or whatever. And then I was just, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much it's going to help. And, like. Yeah. Also, I think I was afraid of the makeovers. I didn't want them to, like, do anything drastic to me. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I mean. Yeah. And I think, too, reality TV is, a, it can be a good stepping stone for people um if you know whatever uh, i i think i i've always been 
I was actually thinking about this the other day because there's two seasons of America's Next Top Model on Hulu right now. And the first season, so there's, I don't remember which seasons, but it's the short, the season where they had shorter models. And then the next one was the season where they had guys. And I don't mean this because they started opening it up to shorter models, but that season I think is where it really started to go downhill. I wish they would have opened it up to shorter models, either from like the beginning or in the middle, because I think they just waited too long. It seemed too like niche at the time to be like, oh, we'll do petite models. Yeah. Um, like, well, okay, but why didn't you do this sooner while you still had all of the energy around it? And anyways. Or why didn't you just do two different groups of people? Because I understand the petite models and um, a tall model do not compete for the same jobs usually, but it's like. And of us could possibly fit in a petite, like you could have a long sleeve petite and we'd be like, it's three quarter lengths. So yep. it would be interesting to see like how the different body types have to work. And um, I actually mm-hmm. really love to see that. Yeah. Be interesting. So, something like that. Something where you have all sizes and whatever. Speaking of, I do. Um, and I, I know I say this from like a very privileged white girl position, but I, I from whom I follow and pay attention to, I do feel I'm starting to see maybe some more diversity and um, definitely seeing more body positivity in um, a lot of brands that I love. One thing that I've noticed is on retail sites now, a lot of them, like I've noticed it on athletic sites, um, they no longer have the thin model as the first stock image for a clothing item. And it's not, um, it's not like plus and quote unquote regular or whatever they label it as. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Instead of scrolling through and you see all of the size twos and then you have to click to scroll through to see what maybe it looks like on other models, there's a variety right there. And I, that, I found that to be really interesting. And they also include like very stick, thin, I don't want to say it that way, very like thin, straighter women that don't have, that are on the opposite end of the spectrum. So it's been, I, it's been cool. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the diversity is finally getting kicked up to the masses, which I appreciate and think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting moving forward. Uh, we, are, I guess, are going to start planning out interviews. I think we're Nicole and I are both starting to get traction on this again after taking our break for our, our own um sanity reasons i guess um is a way to say that so but we are gonna put out an interview that we did last year probably following this episode i would say and that if we if we can get it to work we're having issues um uploading it but we'll see and then after that i don't know we'll have to start planning our stuff out a little bit (laughs) so keep an eye on our instagram we're just easing back into it i feel like that's just kind of the 2021 way. Kind of yeah, we're tiptoeing back in. Yeah, don't overwhelm yourself from the start. And so also, like, not 
promising things and not being able to follow through. So let's let's see what happens. Right now, the plan is um, every other week and one episode is going to be more in-depth with maybe an interview and then some more serious topics or um, just more in-depth talk topics. And then the second one for that month will be more similar to a bonus style episode. So in the past, we've done like how to pack your model bag. So if you have ideas on either end, please let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for sticking with us through this yeah. very interesting gear. Um, we hope you're all doing well and like healthy and safe. And, you know, we're getting through this together. I want to end hopeful and be like, you know what? We're getting there slowly. It's, yes. It's happening. I feel like at this point we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We're not fully there yet, but we're much closer. We actually see it now, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, I know Nicole could say that like uh, Zach works in the medical field and he's already received his first round of the vaccine, which I think is a big step forward. Monday is tomorrow. And they've also found that the Moderna version of the vaccine is 80% effective on the first shot. I do not know about Pfizer, um, but that was, that's cool. I didn't know that until the other day. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting there. Um, I feel like more and more people I know in my life um and I think that Nicole and I know crossover because we have a lot of friends in the healthcare field. Most of them are, at least for Oregon and Washington, have received their first vaccine and are waiting for their second one now. And then Oregon, I know, just opened it up to uh, 80 plus people to get their vaccine. So we're, we're rolling it out slowly, but we're getting there, you know. Oh, so. Definitely. So that's good. We're making progress and you just we just got to hold on a little longer. Yes. <laughs> I also just realized, Tom Lupton, if you're listening to this episode, I have moved back and forth from the mic way too many times because I have clearly forgotten how to use it. It's okay. Tom gives us feedback on our shows every time, but we appreciate it. <laughs> I will work on that for next time. Okay. Well, Thanks um, guys, and yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye.